Mochajoes.com. Um, they uh, supply us with all of our good, tasty brews yep. that, that keep us good, uh, good, good, and good and hyper. Not hyper. Hopefully not. I don't. I don't really. Gotta, Awake is all yeah, I'm after. I you know, for me, coffee is just a relaxing agent. I can drink a hot cup of Mocha Joe's coffee and go to bed like a baby. I know not everybody is, that is true? wired that way. Yeah, I can drink coffee and then just go to bed. I come from a family. Watch that me. Has... I'll do it right now. <laughs> Wake <laughs> please, up, please. That, that, and listen to the dulcet tones of Steve West. Oh, that's right. That's right. Let me talk down here for you. Um, I come from a family where uh, where after dinner they make coffee. Yeah. And that I don't at home. <laughs> it's out of the question at home. Oh, but for some really? reason, it, yeah. I mean, after dinner, I mean, there's nothing. I mean, if I'm on vacation or something, and I have an espresso, I'm all down for that. <laughs> By all means, let's have it. <laughs> but like on a standard operating, like to caffeinate yourself literally just hours before you go back, go to sleep is ill advised in, in my view. But I freaking love it. Yeah. <laughs> it's awesome. So. It's. It's awesome. Uh, we, we are just coming off a, uh, a cool, um, we did a Vermontitude uh, section mm-hmm. of, uh, uh, and you'll find at theearspoon.com, Emily Kornheiser. And uh, so you can find that, uh, I'm pointing down, because that's where you'll find it from where this post is, down in the Vermontitude section, <laughs> at theearspoon.com. Uh, what are we talking about today? Michael Avenetti. I How about that, that? I heard of that guy. That's, a, that's, that's an Italian name, if I ever heard that of That is a real Italian name. But this... This guy is Stormy Daniels' lawyer. Mm-hmm. All right, he is. If if anybody is going to take an industry that is not, I don't know, <clears throat> doesn't really. Stormy Daniels is a porn star, therefore she has no credibility, no feelings, she and she doesn't count. Right? Oh, that's the, that's not you saying that. That's no, that's that, the that, generic that, cultural that's the response. Generic, yeah, exactly. Okay, uh, but Michael Avenetti is sort of taking this thing mm-hmm. to this level. Now, he, I was reading something about him the other day about how he has, you know, he has literally gone after Trump, mm-hmm. and so that's why Trump hates him. Yes, you know, he's having gr- a great time of it too. Oh my God, my <laughs> my wife is flat out in love with this guy. Is and, that right? <laughs> is in the way he in the way he answers questions mm-hmm. and the way he can re- um, uh, respond to things that the 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 what do you call him the orange fascist? Yeah. Um, says he i mean he's quite brilliant with his words yeah he's pretty quick-witted i have to say i've seen him in a couple of interviews i don't watch tv but i've seen some snippets saw one earlier today and and he's like you know he he's, he's got more than a degree of cool and can actually handle himself in those moments unbelievable <laughs> um did you ever see i think it's on showtime do you uh get there's a i don't watch tv yeah it's it's not really tv it's cable oh. um they do a thing called the circus which is kind of a week recap it's like oh. a half an hour intensive we recap it's it's really fascinating and fun to watch but they they had him 
on there. And, nice. you know, he's just like, and he's the, the, the journalist will ask him a question, but, you know, because it's cable TV, he answers it with how, how he actually speaks, which is completely profanity laced. He goes, nice. I know it's unflipping believable. That it, you know, I can't believe that this guy is, is, is in charge of the country. It, it goes on it's on pretty on. true. And I have to say some of the things is he, that he's uh, tipped his hand on and, 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 ex, you know, even, uh, his expectation that Michael Cohen would be charred and he'd be in deeper mm-hmm. trouble, and and that came true. And he's suggesting the same thing of the current, we'll call him the president, for lack of a better term. Yeah, we'll, we'll uh, find something else that he says. You know, he's saying like, and he got to say he'd have reason to know. He's saying like, oh, just you wait. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, this stuff is coming. Oh, but you know, the, the thing I like is like um, in his book, this entire administration, and I'll use a Godfather reference here. Nice. Um, it, this entire administration is one Fredo after another. <laughs> it's so <laughs> true. Right? And uh, you know, you, you broke my heart, you broke Fredo. My heart. <laughs> so, um, so it, you know, where they they can't control the drunks in the room so the the muscle has to come out and remove them and then mm. and then avenatti what, what did he say about cohen like oh yeah no no it's just a it's like a it what, what you're a tech guy mm. and uh, so I'll, I'll try to i'll try to bridge this thing it's they, they say it's not you know always back up your hard drive because it's not if it'll crash it's when it'll crash sure so you better have a backup sure. right mm-hmm. uh so avenatti basically said of cohen it's it's not if he will cave, it's when, when he, he will, will cave. cave. Yeah, and, and and the argument is being made in in, in, a, in the public arena that uh, Mr. Cohen, and now with the connections to Sean Hannity and banking and all these other things, um, he's potentially facing an awful lot of jail time. And yeah. he's got the keys to the kingdom, basically. I mean, he knows the inside skinny on what I think everybody can can at least on some intuitive level imagine is is grifting. Mr. Uh, whatever his name is, the president, current president, we'll just call him by that. Yeah. Um, he has a decades-long history, and some of the other things I'm reading too is all of him is a charade. Like his worth, like we saw recently on yeah. the guy from Forbes saying he called him as John Barron, claiming that he had $400 million and blah, 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 and therefore should be on the richest, Forbes mm-hmm. richest list, list, blah, blah, blah. You know, pure fabrication. And there have been arguments made throughout his public time that he is just a fraud. And so you got to know by now, too, that Robert Mueller has his hands on Donald Trump's tax returns. Oh, I, I was, I was going to say they were probably just, you know, hanging down and hitting the water oh, no, you know, no. while he's tweeting. No, but no those are pea-sized uh, at yeah, best. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, but, you know, this is, all this stuff is going to come to the fore uh, and and what's going to be exposed here is is perhaps you know not to over psychologize about this person, but his biggest fear is being found out. Like most sociopaths, being found out is the worst thing that can happen to them. Being exposed as a fraud or or a bullshit artist is the worst thing that can happen to them, and that's coming down. Yeah, you know. So here's the other thing too. So um, Cohen, I guess, had like three. Uh, things and uh, three clients, right? And and right. and who does one of them turn out to be? 
Who, Hannity? You talking about? Yeah, yeah. Right? Go so figure. Sean Hannity, he's like, yeah, you know, I never had, uh, he never hired me. And then, you know, then he backs up the story, he changes the story. When, oh, oh, oh they, right. they have that piece of paper? Okay. Oh, uh, you know, I'm going to uh, pay them 10 bucks just to. Uh, here's the keep, situation. Yeah. So, <laughs> and then the stuff comes out that he's, that Hannity is flipping houses in poor sections of, major, you know, $90 million worth of houses. He is the front for, I don't know if you've seen this recent story, I think it was today, um, that, you know, Cohen was helping him. Basically, kick people out of their homes. Yeah. Huh, it's the American way. <laughs> it's it's how we do it. And, and there he is, the champion of the of the hardworking American. Like, dude. Like, and here's what I come down, come back to. And Michael Avenatti seems to have the number, have have each of these persons, people's numbers. But how do you not know that these people are full of shit? How does somebody not it, it, know it, that? It, it amazes me. And, and I said this, uh, I've been saying this, there's, there are things that I, I, I will repeat and I will stay on message on that small percentages of the population are controlling what larger percentages of the people are thinking. Sure. Small percentages of, uh, of, of these happenings and things like that do kind of take over the narrative. And when by the time you step into the into the voters booth, I think 80%, maybe even higher, maybe I'm I'm being a little too um I don't know, kind with that number of 80%, step into the voters booth, they're basing their um vote on emotion and narrative. Right. You know, and and you know, and meanwhile, they they're casting their vote and once again voting against their own uh, best wishes and best uh what is that phenomenon? It is what crazy. is that phenomenon? And like, you know, again, like we talked earlier, we were, you know, politics representing people of, from, you know, all walks of life and all every different kind of spectrum. But I just don't understand. I, I guess I do understand because it comes down to people having a difficult time with critical thinking. <laughs> <laughs> but when you actually encourage your own incarceration or you encourage your own oppression and you say to somebody like, you know, the president, current president is a perfect example. It's like, if you're frustrated with the way governance goes, if you're frustrated with the way you're being represented or not, I get it. That's true. I think any of us on all sides of the, the political spectrum could say, yeah, that's pretty true. 96% disapproval rate of Congress. We get it. It's true. What's your solution? And if you come up with guys like Donald frickin' Trump or Mitch McConnell or Paul Ryan or you name your person – it, to me, it's like, okay, we we were in agreement about that things suck and they're not working out right. So what's the solution? Guys who have way too much money who want to give more money to people with way too much money. That's the answer. And what on what planet is that true? Right. You know, I, you know it uh, here, right here on this planet. <laughs> <laughs> we actually breathe the air on that planet. I hate to tell you, well, one of my uh, one of my things that uh, Avenatti said just in a, in a recent interview was, uh, you know, we're gonna keep, we're gonna continue to shoot uh, until until we miss something. But I have to say, we haven't missed anything yet. Yeah, you know, so they're just gonna keep. He's just going to keep going at him and going at him and going at him. And that is going to, it, it, at the end of the day, right. it's going to drive him crazy. But does it drive him crazy? I mean, can you can you take a crazy person and make them crazier? <clears throat> oh, yes, you can. Can you? <laughs> I've seen it happen. I mean, no, if, if you are clinically, and I, and I shouldn't, you know, if you are clinically crazy, then it, it's, this is. Not a term you'd, com- you'd use with clinical, but yeah. Right. But uh, I mean, but if you're that level of, of nuts. Mm-hmm. And you are just blurting this stuff out, then you just are believing whatever is coming out of your own pie hole. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. And this is what we've come down. We've we've come to. This is the condition that we're in. And I guess 
you and I have talked about this plenty of times before. I'm all for anything that will take down and take out this president and shorten his term from four years to less than that. And so whatever is the causative agent, but the idea that his dalliances with with a adult film star is the thing that could take him out while there's a massive multi-million dollar investigation happening about collusion with a hostile foreign nation to Uh, steal an election. It's crazy. It's like that's no, that doesn't really get much traction, but the porn thing, oh yeah, <laughs> he's going yeah, but, down. You know, but does it really get any any kind of any kind of traction? Of course, but- it's getting traction. I'm saying, but this is it's like. Listen, I remember I ran Contra. I remember at the time thinking this is I you miss know, Ali North. <laughs> How <laughs> could you not? Good old days. But this, but think about it. Like there was you know shown to the American public a sub government dealing in illicit drug trade to fund. Illicit activities, military activities in foreign countries. There was even arguments made that the hostages in Iran were the the helicopters that blew up on the tarmac. And there's there's rumors, and again, I can't substantiate this, uh, that George Bush the first was meeting with Iran leaders to hold on to the hostages so that Jimmy Carter could lose to Ronald Reagan, and therefore then they would get arms. It's like that's a high level of oh my freaking god are you kidding me and the american public said oh my god that's way too complicated let's not talk about this yeah <laughs> and all, everybody got pardons and that was the end of it did you hear they're gonna they're gonna cancel all in the family <laughs> what <laughs> edith died who knew <laughs> who knew so you know this is what i mean it's like we can't even hold our attention long enough to say hey this is complicated and it's you know it's got a lot of prongs but bottom line is that this person that's currently the president is are is potentially traitorous right like is is treasonous to the very country that he leads that's a big freaking deal but that doesn't really get the interest of the american public there's somewhat dissent but you got a porn star you got you know you got hey what p-tape tell me more yeah oh my god <laughs> It's like that's that's the stuff that gets us going. Uh, this, this is it, right? So, I mean, when it gets too hot, what do you do? You launch missiles, yeah, right. You 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 strike a uh, you you strike a, a nuclear disarmament with another crazy leader of a country, right? Yeah, that'll happen. Let's talk about that after, yeah, because we got to thank uh, Mocha Joe's. We do, we do, we should and, and will, and we're going to do that now. Yeah, thank you, Mocha Joe's. This is the ear spoon with fish and Steve. Hey, Steve. Yeah? You know what my favorite thing is about doing the podcast? Yes, I do. What is it? Mocha Joe's. Oh, (laughs) you know me so well. You know me so well. You know, you can just, wherever you are, you can go to mochajoes.com and order your coffee. Yeah, fantastic. Quality human beings. Roasting, packing, and sending coffee all day long. And they do this all right here in Vermont. Yay, Vermont coffee. Yeah. Because it's the climate for growing coffee. Wait, what? Nah, not so much. But they they are fair trade folks. Yes, they are. All right. They have cool gear. Yep. The cool logo. I got a few myself. You got to go and check it out. uh, Mocha Joe's Roasting Company. Find that at mochajoes.com. I love them. And that's who powers this podcast. That's right. Couldn't do it without them. Thank you. Thank you. No. Thank you. No, thank you. No. I think this time. Thank Mocha Joe's. Thanks, Mocha Joe's. This is Ear Spoon. You're home for the shit you're thinking anyway. All right. Welcome back to the pod. I want to thank Mocha Joe's for uh, supplying thank you, us Mocha Joe's. with. 
<laughs> a little bit more enthusiasm. Thank you, Mocha Joe's. <laughs> hey, can I say Mocha Joe's? Did we? Yeah. I don't know if we mentioned this last time. Bought a new building. Yeah. Downtown. Yeah. Moving downtown. This is big for us. It's big for us here in Brattleboro. This is our our big thing. They're uh, they're moving on up. Yeah. Down, as it were, to Flat Street. So so good for them. And and, uh, they'll take over the cultural intrigue building and uh, and all the more power to them. And for those folks who are listening to us in California Mm -hmm. and in New Jersey, you'll have no idea what any of that means. But know that we love our town. And know that we we support our town and know that you can support our town by going to mochajoes.com. Mm-hmm. And buying coffee. Yep, and they're smart about it, so that matters. So uh, Trump negotiates complete and total uh, nuclear disarmament with uh, Kim Jong Un. Hooray! Yay! Yay! That's We're all over. safe now. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. It's like, how do we have conversations like this? And you know, how have I not, from pressing my left palm of my hand into my left eye how have i not burst my eye yet i do it a lot lately i just I don't, don't i don't know how let me ask you a question um okay horse shit or not horse shit what is mm, it what do you mean i mean this whole thing about oh okay the orange fascist has talked to me now mr orange oh. julius and oh. we will we will not shoot so many missiles we will stop there are a lot of machinations that happen behind the scenes. And I, I, I love those. Those are the things that make out of coconut. Exactly. <laughs> yes, that's exactly what it is. Oh Either that or it's a cigar. I can't remember which one it is. <laughs> but there are so many things. And, and again, a lot of it's brinksmanship and a lot of it is is it's like poker. You've played poker. You know. Mm-hmm. You don't necessarily you know, show precisely what you have, but you want to hint or bluff or what have you. So the idea that this chaotic character is moving things in a better direction is an abject absurdity. I see a lot of conservatives say like, well, look what he's doing, this, that, the other thing. It's really great. And like, you know, everything they say economically is is a direct derivative of the policy prior to him. You can right. give, I'm not an Obama fan in a lot of ways, but you can give him credit for, for keeping this economy from tanking after it mm-hmm. tanked in 2008 and growing it back the way that he did. A lot of this stuff has zero to do with any sort of Donald Trump policy. Right. So people, look, he's doing it. He's a great guy. But like, honestly, like pound for pound, it's, you know, it's been my default position. If he's for it, I'm sort of automatically against it. But, what if he is actually successful in negotiating nuclear disarmament with North Korea? Let's talk about that. What does that mean? What does that mean? Well, one one batshit crazy leader and another batshit crazy leader, I mean, it sort of invalidates any discussion of successfully negotiating sort of anything as far as I'm concerned. Correct. But if we but you know, then here we are talking also about the Iranian deal. Like, you know, we're like trying to keep nukes out of the hands of Iranians because, you know, this is, of course, coming from the country, the only country who's ever used them, you know, just throwing that in there. That just us? Saying, that'd be us. Oh. Yeah. Nagasaki, Hiroshima, yeah. Um, so, but we should be in charge of who gets to have them, right? <laughs> the people who have used them and killed, you know. Uh, but there's reasons to be concerned and we may not agree, we may agree or disagree with different this is how we we try to get along and live amongst one another when we have disparate views on how to live the world. Right. Iranian leadership, which is, you know, a, a theocracy, arguably. Um, <laughs> little man in North Korea, like, he's crazy by our standards, but crazy also is worth discussing about what actually is crazy. And then they can rightfully look at us and say, look at your leader. You people are crazy. You know, so... 
all of it's in the in the land of interpretation for sure. If he's successful, anybody who can help bring the presence of nuclear weaponry in the country down is doing a good thing. I don't know how this man, with the limited skill set that he has, has any ability to do any of that. If it so actually, how, how does he get the? How does he get somebody like Kim Jong Un to even make a statement like that? I mean, is there? Is there? I and I hate to wax conspiracy here. Mm-hmm. I hate to say this is all part of a bigger plan that will inevitably screw us all to the wall, but what? what wh- how did how did he even get him to make that statement? Let me give you a completely unfounded theory with no basis in any facts that I know of. <laughs> my, these are my favorite <laughs> conversations. If indeed, um, and this is all hinging on this premise, if indeed the current president of, of Russia. Vladimir Putin. I heard of him. Um, yeah. Found a way to keep Hillary Clinton from being president, which is more important than getting Donald Trump to be president. I think he, you know, I think many people are plenty surprised that it all shook out the way that it did. But if indeed that's the case, and he wants Trump to at least, and, and he, he is in that sense, got his hand inside the sock puppet. Right. <laughs> if he wants. It's an uncomfortable visual, actually. I know. I'm thinking the same. Uh, but if he wants that leader to at least present as uh, legitimate or what's the word I want, uh, um, you know, having some merit in the world on the world stage, then he has to throw a psychological bone, which says, oh, therefore, he's helping negotiate nukes. That's a big thing. And here's this very obvious uh, adversarial country, therefore. And all of it is as a deck of cards. I mean, none of that can or will take place unless, you know, X, Y, and Z, you know, a number of steps out actually occur. And that's not very likely to happen. But they can then say, you know, and and then people that support this current president can say, hey, look, he's helping to end nuclear war. I saw a clip just today when he was talking about nuclear weapons. He goes, he loves the power. And he even said, I love the power, the destruction (laughs) of nuclear weapons. He said this. You know, so, yeah, uh, you know, there is that. I So I and, and I'm kind of with you. If he's sort of for it, I'm sort of fundamentally against it, which is a dangerous position to it's take horrible. It's the worst position you can have. But in this instance, I think, well, it's like, oh, I you know, let, 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 let me put it. I, I like to use a lot of sports analogies. So uh, on this one, it's like a fighter. Mm-hmm. You know, if your fighter's getting pummeled. He's he's got a cover up, right? He's got to basically put his hands up, his his face and his forearms, uh, you know, curl in there to protect his head from mm-hmm. getting pummeled. All right, that's a horrible position to be in because if you're if you're on this, you are on on the defense right now, right. and you are offensively getting pounded. And, trying to survive, and, and you're just trying to survive. You're in survival mode now, and and you you have to figure out a way out of this thing. So you have to seek an opportunity. But if if your opponent is just wailing and wailing and wailing and wailing and wailing and wailing on you, eventually they're going to hit you with enough body shots to drop you. Mm-hmm. All right, that's what I feel like. I feel like we are this country that is in that in that position yeah. of having to protect ourselves. That's a good way of putting it. And and I don't. I don't want to be there. I don't know how to get out of it. So I am up there with with my with my forearms and my fists covering my face, covering <laughs> the critical points that are going to knock me out. Right. And I'm just going to take some body shots and and hope that my core is strong enough to withstand it. And once in a while, you look out between your gloves and say, "Where's Robert Mueller?" <laughs> <laughs> Mueller, it's Mueller time, baby. It's well, Mueller time. I saw an interesting uh, take. I don't know if you know the columnist Charles Blow, who's you know quite a good writer. 
He's making the argument, and I think you know I can understand it, saying that like for those of you wishing to see this current president gone prior to the end of his natural end of his term, mm-hmm. give it up. It's not happening. And so, on the one hand, I agree with him. On the so, other hand, there is too there are too many anomalies available here for that to be. Something what, what happens if we do get the blue wave? Now, I, I was listening. I was listening. Well, yeah. See, now here's an interesting thing. I was reading a whole article on it. Uh, I was listening to a podcast uh, about it, and I can't remember which one it was. And they basically said that Democrats do not want current Democrats who are running as part of the blue wave to be talking about impeachment. It's 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 shocking to me, and I have no. I don't have. I'm not a Democrat. Never have been. But to see, especially on the other side of this election. To see them go as centrist as they have when they had the opportunity to to uh, appoint uh, Keith Ellison, a, you know, a progressive yeah. Muslim black uh, uh, representative to be the head of the Democratic National Convention, that Democratic National Committee. Um, and instead they went with Tom Perez, a sort of centrist, milk toasty, sort of like, you know, yeah. Hispanic man, but uh, but nevertheless uh, representative of the like, we don't want to create any waves. It tells me that they are absolutely tone deaf. This is a hue and cry from the general public, particularly young people, that they want politics that go progressive. They want to go further to the left, strongly, loudly, proudly. And the Democratic Party as the only option that isn't Republican, since we live in a dualistic yeah. culture, and, and you know uh, me, is I've, not. I've, I've never been a I've never been a, a, a fan of of the two party system. No, no, no. You know, no. Um, and I've never been a fan of. Of, of not challenging incumbent um, politicians when it comes to election. I think that if competition, if anything, is good, you know, if, if you have, if you always have to work for your seat, you'll work harder for the people who keep you in your seat. Agreed. And the ground is ever shifting underneath your feet right. and you have to know what's occurring. And the only way to know that is to poll and survey and get information from the people who are on the ground living it. And most and, and most definitely listen to them. Yep. Yeah. That's you know? that's a big plus. Don't don't name call them. Don't uh, don't if you don't agree with them, respectfully disagree. You know, just because we all all have something in common. And one of the things that I've learned throughout my life is that if you want to get somebody on your side, you have to find that commonality yep. that you have. And we all have something in common. Here here might be uh, one instance that we all have in common. Nobody really wants to die. Yeah. Right? Well, not everybody, but yeah, well, I get what you're I saying. Mean, you know generally, what I'm saying. I mean, yep. g- generally, so, you know, most people want to live a long, healthy life mm-hmm. that is, is is that satisfies them. And I think that's something that we have in common. We all want our children to be safe when they go to school. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, nobody wants anybody to drive drunk on the roads. So, I mean, th- there are these things that we can all agree on, but for some reason, it gets boiled down to stupid narrative talking points, mm-hmm. and 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 the conversation gets lost, yep. and that's a shame. Well, it's a shame on the part of the people who obfuscate, but it's also a shame on the part of the, of the general citizenry who has a hard time really drawing conclusions with the information presented to them. And we are not a country that is strong in critical thinking and not a country that's strong in deductive reasoning and figuring out what's actually occurring and what's real. So I think that one of the reasons that we do this podcast each and every week is the money we make from oh, it. The, <laughs> and that's why I do it. We literally get paid in coffee grounds. Thank you, Mocha Joe's. <laughs> Thanks, Mocha Joe's. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> literally, we laugh, but it's the truth. Um, you know, we, 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 
We do it out of out of a drive for civic duty. Yeah, we do it in, in hopes that we we touch somebody to basically think beyond the headline, to read beyond the headline, to delve a little deeper mm. into the issues at large. You can have your one wedge issue. Mm-hmm. You can you can want to um, have have uh, common sense gun laws. You can want to not have common sense gun laws. And that's fine. And those are your big, loud-talking issues. They get talked about a lot. Those are the big, sexy ones and the neon lights that mm-hmm. we get to look at all the time. But when you delve down deep into your soul, what is it that you want as an individual? And you have to be able to think, okay, I really, all I really want to do is I want to make a livable wage yep. so that I can maybe go on vacation once yep. once a year with my family, spend some quality time with them, go see my right. kids play baseball, go see them play football. Afford go, some health care. Yeah, get some health care and not have to worry about getting sick, mm-hmm. you know? Making sure that, again, my kids are safe and that I can just do a few things, like maybe take my wife out for a date night. Yeah. You know, those kind of things. So those are those are bread and butter issues and nuts and bolts things for sure. Invariably, as we talked earlier about single voter issues or single issue voters, the idea that like, well, you're what? Name your thing. I'm just thinking, you know, you're gay or you're this or you're that or you're like People who push back against, who feel threatened somehow for some reason, oh, so ridiculous. threatened by other people's ways of life. It's like, what does that have to do with you? When in fact, the truth is we all are just simply looking, you know, we all are generalizing, but just trying to have a, a contented, you know, healthy life where I can enhance my community, enhance, you know, the people I love around me and just be a good person in the world. But instead, it gets turned into divisive stuff. I mean, the Lee Atwaters and the Carl Roves of the world knew if you can push the emotional button and you can get people hating other people, well, that's that's that works, yeah. you know, and clearly all too damn well. Yeah. And so we're seeing and, you know, as we're watching, I think what is potentially the end of the Republican Party in one form, it could splinter into two Yeah. Um, because they're missing the point. And, and in order to, to keep their power, they've had to gerrymander, they've had to you know pull all kinds of things like voter registration crap. And it makes your head explode. And, and if you are out there uh, doing all the things that you want to do and not being successful in doing them, those are the things that concern you. Yeah. That you, that geez, do I have to worry about my kids when he goes to school? Do I have yeah. to, am I, am I gonna make enough money to actually go take my wife out to dinner in a movie? Mm-hmm. You're gerrymandering what? What the hell is that? Right, exactly. Yeah. So you know, people don't I, have the time or the space to really kind of put up with a lot. But when it comes down to pocketbook issues, yeah. that's what they want to talk about. You know, you and I should dedicate a podcast to talking uh, and basically laying out in that in that in that 15 second explanation. What's gerrymandering? Here's what gerrymandering is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then what's this? And, and here's why it's bad. And we should pick a few issues to talk about sure. that would that, that would kind of. Help shed some light on that. Maybe that's what we can do. It's not a bad idea. And frankly, I think that's the stuff that strips away the left-right dichotomy, mm-hmm. that, that sort of unnecessary you know, loggerheads thing. And when you say to somebody, it's like, you know, we can f- you can feel where you're coming from, whatever your political bent or whatever your philosophical angle is. But if you don't know the fundamental operating procedure of governing – like, you know, the three houses, of, you know, or the mm-hmm. three branches of government. If you don't know how laws work, and I dare there say. there's still three? <laughs> depends. Give it a couple more years. We might <laughs> just go to one, <laughs> depending. Um, but if you don't understand how the whole process works. Right. Um, it's understandable that you won't be effective 
right. in in changing what you don't like about it. You know, you'll vote every presidential election, but are you going out for that local primary? Right. Exactly you know, right. Which is arguably more, more important. important. I agree. Yeah. And the, there's only so much effect you can have on uh, – like, think about it. Like, you know, your vote – like we were talking earlier with Emily Kornheiser, I think the last time that there was a primary uh, in Wyndham County – and in Brattleboro, 450 people showed up out of the 12,000 that live in our and town. And I get it. It's not big. It's not sexy. It's not uh, It's not big neon lights. It doesn't think have about big it. tires on. It's not, you know, <laughs> I mean, it's just so. But think about the pound, the, the sheer weight of that vote compared to your presidential vote. Right. You know, that's, I mean, that's a, that's a two-ton vote versus a wisp is, in the wind. That is a popular vote. That means yeah. that if more people step out and vote, for that candidate, that candidate will win. It doesn't get kicked to an electoral right. college or something Well, we've seen it, too, and people show up for candidates. Like, there's, there's an uh, actual Nazi running. Where is it? Ohio? There's a guy who says oh. he's a Nazi, and no one ran against him. And so he's the Republican nominee for some sort of I don't know what. But this is what I mean. If we don't show up and say – this is what – you hear people very happily and eagerly complain about government. And then when you say, "Oh, by the way, government is actually you," yeah, and you need to arrive. And they don't know that. And- let me let me uh, just on the Nazi thing. So, I I believe that this man will get votes. Yeah. All right, and I think that he will get not a lot, probably, but enough. And I believe that seventy five percent of the votes that he gets mm-hmm. are people just checking the box because there's an R next to his name. Yeah, probably without true. even knowing anything. I ain't gonna vote for no liberal. I'm gonna vote for this guy. You know, and 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 that person could be a a, a African American who is extremely conservative, mm-hmm. not knowing who who they're voting for. And that is the problem that I have. When you step yeah. into a voting booth based on just emotion and narrative, then it's just you're never going to advance the country beyond where it is now. Well, perhaps we'll reserve a podcast for are we actually a democracy of any kind? Democracy is dead. Well, I mean, there's an argument to be made. You know, I'm not against, you know, represent people. Uh, I was having, just being dramatic. I, didn't really I know. I that. get that. But there's an argument to be made. But like if people don't understand what is occurring in front of them and they're asked to make a decision oh make a decision about who which of these two people is the better to have this position and you don't know anything about them and you don't know where they're coming from or what their stances are on anything and you vote anyway right i mean that's just and that's being said by the people that show up which is the is the minority of people who can show up. Yeah. So at what point do we say like eh, I think we kind of dropped the ball here? Yeah. Cuz we the, you know most people don't show up to vote and when people do show up to vote many or most don't know what they're doing. And that's kind of a sad state of affairs. So let me let's end the podcast on this which I thought was interesting. I was in our, my local bank the other day mm-hmm. and uh, I had to um I was wiring a friend some money. Mm-hmm. All right. So when I said, yeah, I just I need to send this person uh, some money. And they're like, okay, do you have ID? I was like, why? It's like a, it's like a silly amount. Mm-hmm. What, what do you need to see my ID for? And the banker looked up at me and he said, you know, I agree with you, which is why it's important for you to vote. Ooh. And I said, I do vote, pal. Better back off or I'll chop <laughs> you in the throat. <laughs> He he didn't actually say that, but I just thought, and and he's he's a younger individual, mm-hmm. and he basically just said to me, "That's why you need to go vote. If this upsets you that I have to go this level on this on a such a petty amount, yep. 
then you need to step into the voters' booth and vote with a conscience. Vote with uh, with some su- substance behind your vote. Surely. Don't just check the box. Surely. Uh, but unfortunately, I think we've also reached a, a, a phase or a stage in, in our current culture that uh, thinks that voting – is the way that you're engaged an active citizen. And again, it's less than half of us show up. And there's a lot more to be done between elections that people, thankfully we live in an area that's very activated. People do show up for things. They volunteer for things. They come to town meetings, et cetera. But I think the idea that um, you can vote yourself to happiness, uh, it's, it's, you know, it's eight layers of crazy, you know, but it's right. what it is. So, I and mean, there's more needs to be done. We need to be showing up for all kinds of things, including protests, including active uh, you know actions of various kinds you know yeah you making have to, phone calls it's, it's the old thing you know i mean you, you you travel in a pack power numbers yeah that's what gets noticed yeah. and that's where we'll leave it yeah. thanks for listening to the ear spoon i'm fish i'm steve want to thank mocha joe's yes please all right find us on uh find us on the itunes on facebook on twitter and more importantly the ear dot com peace out cheers did i say it that way no all right how about bye bye see ya more at the earspoon.com